disagree, Gary. I disagree, Gary. Welcome back to Pulp Friction. It's a show about what divides us. I'm your host, with the Bosses. You can call me Rocky, and this will be a uh, an exciting episode for fans of my previous uh, program, the you know Sarah Lawrence student student radio show they called the Platform. I'm joined by my co-host from that show, Xander. How are you doing? Hello, I'm doing very well. How are you doing? I am doing okay. I I did call in sick from work today because I. Uh, was having some symptoms, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm all right. I'm good enough to, uh, <laughs> to do, to do the podcast. Oh yeah. And, and, uh, this is theoretically our summer, um, movie music retrospective episode. In reality, we're probably going to spend the bulk of it talking about something else that we will get to <laughs> in a little bit. Um, our breaking news segment, which we like to call dun 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 dun, what's poppin'? And uh what's poppin', man? Yeah, there's a big piece of news that, that we're gonna get to real quick. I did wanna wanna share the information out here with the listeners that um Ghostface Killer just a few hours ago announced a sequel to his classic album Supreme Clientele. And it's Supreme Clientele 2. It's supposed to come out in February, and it is produced by Kanye West. And uh, I'm very excited about that. And I, I, I think uh, fans of Ghostface and or Kanye will be excited about it as well. But um, there's a big news story this week and it's something that, uh, that everyone is talking about. It's something that we have to devote a certain amount of time to. And it is the, uh, so on Friday, there was a Nintendo Direct and they announced uh, a couple of things. They announced a new Kirby game. That looks very good. They announced, uh, they shared a new trailer for Bayonetta 3. And they announced the cast for the as yet untitled uh, Mario movie coming out (laughs) late next year. And everybody's talking about it. (laughs) They sure are. They're talking about it. Oh, man. I prepared uh, a history, just sort of a like a, a, how, <laughs> a history, shall we say? A just lore? kind of a how, a a lore? how we got here. Yeah, sort of a lore of um, the Mario movie that can act as a, as a precursor to us just going through, <laughs> just going through this cast and um, sharing our thoughts. It's rather star-studded. It is. It is. That's true. How did we get here? Is is the first question, How and that question get here. I, you know, you asked me on this week, and I was just like, usually people talk about what they're interested in. I know very little about Mario, actually. Hmm. Wow. Um, I mean, I know the games, and I know like, not it's not really a plot centric thing, but like. Sure. I know some of the lore, but it's not like what somebody, it's not my favorite game. I have never played a Mario game because I'm not good at them. Yeah, I actually, I got a, uh, I got a switch for my birthday. I've been playing Odyssey, but it's my first Mario game in like 10 years. Oh, hell yeah. Um, Last week we talked about uh, Sonic (laughs) and the, uh, the very extensive and ever-changing lore of Sonic. Yeah. And, um, 
bring back the quilting circle. Yeah, and Flan had sort of pointed to the um, the the frequently to the the way that Mario has consistently like de-emphasized the lore. Like there are games, there are a couple of like you know Mario RPG and Paper Mario where there 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 are games that are lore reliant, but the actual like mainline games have very simple stories and the characters are always painted with broad strokes and um sonic <laughs> doesn't quite have a handle on that i would sonic say has too much lore at this point i think a whole can, lot of can, it can, can, can something have too much lore i would say so i would, I say, would say so <laughs> um and it's really interesting because everyone was expecting the movie of Sonic to be, if not bad, if not good, like, at least cringeworthy. And the video game movies that have been coming out recently, like uh, Detective Pikachu, Sonic, have been pretty, like, heavy hitters. They've been pretty good, you know, considering uh, video game movies. But man this one this one i think i think nintendo is making a huge leap here they are they are and we will definitely get into it i think that the sonic movie it definitely benefited from low expectations i also think that they made a number of smart decisions in how they casted it just Mm -hmm. there you know there's some things we'll get to later but they for the role of sonic they casted ben schwartz who is like some people know him but he's not like a household name at all and he's just someone who it does a good sonic voice and kind of brings like a, a good energy to that character yeah he does that very like i don't want to call it adhd but it is very adhd sure um <laughs> that very like he's perfectly irritating but irritating yeah. in like a goofy lovable fun way that i can see like sonic being a kid as and then Flash forward to next movie, Idris Elba as Knuckles. That's going to be a team up. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I I also think that uh, what Sonic did well is, you know, they considered a lot of actors for Sonic and for the human counterpart. And there were a lot of big Mm -hmm. names in there. We'll kind of get into that later. But I think that um, they were wise to also have the human counterpart be someone who, again, James Marsden, like people, people recognize him, but he's not like an a-lister you know he's and... not an a-lister but like people i don't know people probably remember him mem- remember him from hairspray they definitely remember him from um enchanted enchanted yeah x-men um he, like, x-men like... less so x-men less so i had to like very much squint because the only X-Men movie I I had seen the X-Men movies out of order. Um, and so the first one I very saw was First Class, and he wasn't even in that one. Um That's true. So uh when I saw like the other X-Men movies, I was just like, is that James Forreston? It's weird <laughs> how you think that you can recognize people with masks during the COVID pandemic and then all you see is their eyes. But it works the other way too because James Mm. uh, Marsden 
had his eyes mostly covered and I was just like yes this is a generic white guy (laughs) (laughs) and then he and then he took out and then he had the glasses and then he at some point took him off I'm just like oh you that's you (laughs) yeah (laughs) definitely definitely I just think um just to summarize I think that what the Sonic movie did well is they focused on the on the bankability of Sonic the Hedgehog rather than rather than like the actor playing him and they mm-hmm. had the biggest name in the movie be playing Robotnik I think I think that was a uh, that was a smart decision a good yeah. move and uh I I I don't know if everybody was like worried about how Jim Carrey would do as Robotnik um mm-hmm. but I was certainly just like well I know Jim Carrey I know Jim Carrey can be a good actor I've also seen yeah. him be a bad actor, especially when he's playing the villain. Have you seen the old unfortunate uh, series of unfortunate events? Just completely did not nail Olaf in a way I was expecting to, and I was just like, mm, "This isn't it." I actually think that the casting of Jim Carrey as Robotnik is similar to a lot of the choices that were made with this casting announcement. That again, we'll we'll get into. Um, just in that it was someone who it, 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 it was kind of a shit posty thing to, to even say that Jim Carrey is playing Eggman and then you know um, but it's something that you think about it for a second and you're like oh that could be funny it so works. yeah <laughs> yeah it shouldn't but it works um, and he did a fantastic job um, he really did it was re- it was very good um, and brought a lot of like I don't know depth to the character I'm just talking about how in a way I, I am just talking about how gay he was for his assistant. Yeah, it was a very it was a I mean we also talked about this last week, but it, it was a very gay movie for it, some reason. It was, and you know what? We love to see it. I love, love to, to see, see it. it. Uh Sonic says gay rights. He does, um, he does. And loves trans people, mm-hmm. which is what you need for a video game movie it's just not what we're getting as chris pass mario <laughs> we will get into it our, uh, our story begins uh in the early 1990s <laughs> <laughs> as a lot of things do so the idea for the uh, the the uh, the live action Mario movie, the the original Super Mario Brothers movie, it came from Oscar nominated director Roland Joffe, uh, who was in a strip meeting with a small production company called Light Motive, and he just had this idea: what if we turned Mario into a movie? <laughs> and so, <laughs> and the rest is history. Roll credits, please. Yeah. Well, he had a had a couple of meetings with Nintendo, and uh, he was able to secure a contract to um, have temporary control of the character for, for for the film, and then like license it back to Nintendo for it was it was, it was a weird deal, but that <laughs> that was how they did it. Oh, things were a lot sketchier in the nineties. It's true. In our, um... I mean, how do you think, uh, fucking? who who what's his name got control over um all of the disney characters for kingdom hearts that happened in the 90s too that's true that's true i was talking about eisner? how in our uh is that his name eisner uh michael eisner's the disney guy yes yes him yeah they um in uh in the silence of the lambs episode we talked about how they like how like um 
who's the director that uh, Michael Mann had the rights, no, Dino De Laurentiis, the producer had the rights to Hannibal Lecter and uh, Fox bought the rights to Silence of the Lambs, but they had to make a deal for, for, the, for the rights to have Hannibal in it. Uh. And um and De Laurentiis gave them away for free because Manhunter was uh, was uh, not a successful film, but then it was a temporary thing. So he got them back. And now that, and because that movie was successful, Hannibal Lecter and the characters from Silence of the Lambs could never be in the same thing again. <laughs> oh, That's mm, shame. Shame. So they couldn't they couldn't get Clarice and Hannibal. They couldn't mention Hannibal in the Clarice show from earlier this year. That makes sense. I yeah. That would have been really cool to see Clarice and Hannibal. It would have, yeah. Uh, Nintendo, according to Jaffe, felt that the Mario brand was strong enough that they could give it to someone to kind of experiment with it and it wouldn't affect it too much. I guess they were right about that. As as much as the movie was a failure, it didn't affect the name Mario very much you know so the first draft of the script was by barry morrow who was the uh the screenwriter for rain man he won an oscar for that script and his script for mario was so similar to rain man that it was it was nicknamed drain man oh uh, (laughs) yeah i i hate i hate it when like writers like kind of just like try to adapt their like famous work into something that will obviously not Mm -hmm. work but drain man is incredibly funny as a nickname because you know the whole plumber thing exactly so they got um or 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 it's just draining yeah concept Definitely. So they got um, Jim Genoine and Tom S. Parker, who was they, they were the duo who wrote the Richie Rich movie and they worked on the Flintstones movie. They were brought on to do more of like a fun thing, you know, <laughs> like, like, Rich, like that was a guy. When I think of Richie Rich, I don't think Mario. I just think of like a very rich kid. Like how much p- p- does plumbing really earn you anyway? <laughs> I mean, you know, I I, I guess it depends. I don't know any plumbers. So um, the script that they wrote, uh, they described it as more akin to Shrek. Uh, It it had Mario and Luigi in this entering a a satirical fairy tale world and going on an adventure in there. Oh, an isekai. (laughs) In a way, yeah. But that kind of forms the basis because in the the live action Mario movie, they go to uh, the the dinosaur world which was uh inspired by by dinosaur land from super mario world which was the most recent huh. game at that time but it's sort of um see i was thinking a very funny like ella enchanted kind of way they're in mushroom kingdom and they somehow end up in the real world that would that would be <laughs> that's what they do that was I mean, that was actually the 90s pitch for a Sonic movie, I believe. <laughs> but yeah. They, yeah. That, and that's that kind of what happens in Sonic, too. It is. And it's what they do in a lot of the, um, you know, the Alvin and the Chipmunks movie and the Smurfs movie. And they, they, like, like they're all kind of like that. Mm-hmm. But um, they cycled through a few directors, uh, Greg Beeman, Harold Ramis was asked to do it. And he said no. And he described it as the smartest career decision he ever made. Sure is. Jaffe became concerned about the production angle because they were doing all this fairy tale stuff, and, and he was like, "This isn't really Mario." 
It has fairytale elements, but it's not nearly whimsical enough. Like, from what I yeah. know, Mario, sure, it's whimsical, but like... It doesn't have that uh, that medieval character yeah, that, that a lot of fairytale yeah. stuff does. You, you think of Mario, you're just like, oh, he's just some guy who's a plumber. He just happens to do this right. as well. Jaffe became very interested in Max Headroom. And he he went to England to meet with uh, what are the names? They are uh, Rocky Morton and Annabelle Jankel. They were the creators of Max Headroom, and they started talking about doing something inspired by Tim Burton's Batman. And um, you know, I love Tim Burton's Batman. Of course, so of good. course. And the the Ninja Turtles movie, just that kind of dark, you know, urban kind of heightened thing that the, both the of those gritty have. one. a gritty mario noir their take on it was kind of to tell a story that nintendo might have based the mario games off of rather than (laughs) rather than saying this is based off the game say this is what the games could have been based off of and uh they were trying to um where i get tripped up with mario it's like it's not Sure, they did very well with like limiting the scope of what Sonic was down to a bit, but I feel like they don't have enough of a broad concept of Mario's lore Mm. to condense it down into because with Sonic, it was very easy to accept, oh, he's from a different world, uh, blah, 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 that. But with Mario, it's, uh, it's interesting, I guess, because we don't really know if it's going to be like fully set in within the Mushroom Kingdom or uh, involving some isekai elements or, you know, whatever. Yeah, because Mario has always felt, just as a character, felt out of place with the world that he was in. And so there's a question of, will they explain, like, how a plumber got there or is it just going to be like... Yeah, (laughs) he and his plumber brother are very out of place with, like, their best friend the princess and Mm -hmm. this wacky dinosaur dude (laughs) fire and doesn't like them right are they an isekai within their own world could be who knows and then they go into other where is mario from he's italian (laughs) but can the idea of italian right is is there an Italy? italy Is there, is there fantasy? In the... <laughs> is there mushroom Italy? We'll have to wait until until December 2022 to find out. So they were um, they were trying to get Bob Hoskins to play Mario for a while, but it was only after this British writing duo, Dick Clement and Ian Lafrenet, like punched out the script that he read it, and he was like, "Okay, now I'm in." Um, he was like, I did, I did uh, Roger Rabbit. I did a couple of these kids movies. And I don't want to be become like a kids movie guy, but he. Uh, Roger Rabbit, though, another great one. Absolutely. Just before, once they had everything in place, Joffe and Eberts, who are the two producers, they became concerned about the script's like adult tone and how effects heavy it was. Uh, Disney had just acquired the distribution rights, and so they were getting like a little a little nervous about it. And so they uh, they hired Ed Solomon, the legendary screenwriter, uh, to do a last minute family friendly rewrite. Did not tell the directors. Did not tell the actors. No one knew until they Yikes. showed. <laughs> Yikes. 
This is why communication is important, people. In in terms of, uh, I mean, man, they <laughs> just fuck. They there there are stories where people visited the set and like Bob Hoskins and um, Dennis Hopper and everyone is just like every day it's another rewrite. I just I just don't pay attention at this point. <laughs> yeah, and that that that's really emblematic. Like obviously, the more re- rewrites, the more scrapped up and the more convoluted it gets, and so I think. I really hope that the if if there's anything going for the 2022, I hope they like really hammer out the script before they start on anything. Yeah, I feel like that. I feel like that is easier to do in animation. I mean, Mario is such a is such a you know big thing that it's there's definitely going to be a lot of pressure on that script, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get into what's going on with that. But um, in terms of casting, uh, Dustin Hoffman had expressed an early interest in playing Mario, but the president of Nintendo of America didn't think he was right for the part. Uh, the thing I wanted to say was that uh, the Richie Rich guys who also did the Flintstones movie, that's a movie that has like, like, like dozens of credited writers. <laughs> so they, they, they're like, they're, I mean, there's always like, a certain class in Hollywood of screenwriters who just sort of come in whenever like a, a script's in trouble and just, you know, give it, give it another pass. Guillermo uh, del but... Toro does that. And from what I understand that what, that's what made Megamind so good. Mm. Yeah. Just, just go in and it's just like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tweak this here. Let me get a little, yeah. Let me get so... a little, <laughs> Uh oh, it's a success, but we'll never have another one. Whoops. Yeah. So yeah, Dustin Hoffman wanted to be Mario. They didn't. They they didn't like him. Uh, Danny DeVito okay. was offered. Danny DeVito was offered the role of Mario, and he was offered to to direct. <laughs> they offered him both. Uh, and, I love uh, that. I love that. Yeah. Danny DeVito is a good director. He is, yeah, and they were in very serious talks about him being Mario, and something fell through. We don't really know what I'm happened there. I'm surprised he didn't end up on this cast list. For not, not, maybe not for like Mario, but for someone. Yeah, he'd be a good fit for sure. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Michael Keaton were both considered for the role of Bowser or King Koopa, as he's known in the film. Um, Tom Hanks was considered King for Luigi. Koopa. King Koopa, yeah. Tom Hanks for Luigi. I don't see it. I don't see it. Well, you gotta think about this was this was like the Joe versus the volcano era of Tom Hanks's career. This was before he was like the you the know meek, the meek little guy. The 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 you know Oscar favorite guy. He um right he the reason they didn't end up going with him is because he had had like a couple of flops in a row, including Joe versus the volcano. Right, so they, right. yeah. I mean thinking about him in Toy Story he wouldn't have been a a, a bad fit per se he's a very great voice actor I just think that it's true his voice is like way too distinct yeah then again I mean we're gonna get into then the again cast. Charlie Day has a very distinct voice <laughs> I want to talk I want to talk about that one because I'm actually not upset at that one yeah we'll get into it um tom waits was the first choice to play toad in the movie (laughs) 
uh, just the idea of Toad. I really hope. Uh, I really hope they do that one thing where he takes his mushroom cap off. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bald guy. Just a little head under there. Uh, but I, 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 I just, I, I, I can't take the idea of Toad seriously. Yeah. <laughs> they wanted, they wanted Tom Waits to be Toad. It ended up being Mojo Nixon in that movie, and his agent described him as a third-rate Tom Waits for half the price. <laughs> so that's and how he got it. Like, hey, uh, who is it? That they cast his toad in the new one, Keegan. Keegan Michael Key. Yeah, he's he just looks way too normal and way too respectable to play toad. Well, we'll we'll, we'll get into it. I I, I mean I think okay. Keegan Michael Key is an an amazing. I mean yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. Let's. So um, ultimately, Mario and Luigi were played by Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo, while Dennis Hopper played Bowser. Samantha Mathis played Daisy, who is the the only princess in the movie uh the, the peach oh. was not like the regular princess by that point mm, I, uh, right so yeah the movie debuted in fourth place it grossed 39 million dollars overall against a 48 million dollar budget and after that movie's failure nintendo became very wary of licensing their their games understandable during yeah. that time they made the success of kingdom Hearts yeah uh which developed into something and then developed into something else and oh boy i uh recently was on a friend's stream um where he meticulously took apart the lore from kingdom hearts one to birth by sleep Mm. and oh boy that became a convoluted mess Sure did. Very good. I must say, some of the games are very good. I do enjoy it. Wow, if the, I couldn't even imagine what they would do if they made a Kingdom Hearts movie. Oh my god. Well, I, I, I think what's... <laughs> well, some of them, some of them you can actually watch as movies because some of the Kingdom Hearts games are such are on such an inaccessible platform that we actually watched some of them as movies instead of mm. trying to emulate them. But yeah. Well, yeah, I I think that Kingdom Hearts like sort of came out the gate like this is absurd and the story's all over the place. It kind of it kind of took that like it's sort of it's something Final Fantasy kind of does, but it's really more of a Metal Gear model of just like you 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 know it's going to be ridiculous and convoluted yeah. when you go into it. And one and it's interesting because Kingdom Hearts was made to compete with Mario, mm. but they couldn't get the licensing for any other characters. So they wrote Disney is just like, hey, can you borrow your guys? And Walt Disney was just like, well, sure. That sounds like a great idea. I don't think it was Disney, but <laughs> Michael Eisner was like, <laughs> was like here you go. Yeah. Here's our most iconic characters. Donald Duck is the most powerful wizard in this world. Cool. Can he heal you for shit? No. Fuck you. Mickey, it's Riku. They put bugs in him. They put <laughs> bugs in him. Uh, hearts, hearts, darkness, darkness, hearts, darkness. 
So what, what changed uh, Nintendo's mind about uh, licensing their games is they were uh, they were in the process of like bringing back the classic games on the virtual console. And that got Miyamoto kind of thinking about, uh, you know, broader franchise potential, wanting to do like entertainment things beyond games, you know, movies and rides and that kind of, that, that kind of thing to, uh, to, to, to just, you know, really explore different entertainment avenues. And um in 2014, the Sony hack revealed that Sony Pictures Animation had been close to getting a deal for an animated Mario movie. Amy Pascal had suggested that Samurai Jack creator Gendy Tartakovsky oversee it. Um, okay. Ultimately, because of the leak, it didn't happen. Uh-huh. <laughs> Y'all, uh, you got to stop saying shit. So much didn't happen because of that league. I feel like as this series goes on, there's going to be a lot of things that uh, that come out of that. But um, the uh, the other thing is that obviously Sony uh, is one of Nintendo's main competitors, so there could have been a problem there too. <laughs> but uh, around 2016, uh, Nintendo first of all became involved in the production of Detective Pikachu, and they were also working with Universal to create Mario-based attractions. This is how Miyamoto met uh, Chris Melodandri, the founder of Illumination. Mm, mm-hmm. and, to, and Detective Pikachu did well. Detective Pikachu did very well, yeah. And uh, well, I, I, I mean, by by this, it, it did well. <laughs> I was. It did know, well. It wasn't like a. It wasn't like a all time. You know, it didn't smash yeah, records. It wasn't, or anything, it it wasn't very well. a classic, but it, it in kind of the same way that they put Jim Carrey as uh, Pikachu, it was kind of the same move with like Jim Carrey as Sonic. Not yeah, not, uh, not, Ryan, not not Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu, Jim Carrey as as, my as bad. Eggman. I see what you're saying there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I switched them. Yeah, you. But <laughs> that no, would have been right. a it, movie it, if, like, fucking Ryan Reynolds was talked was fucking Eggman, <laughs> if and Jim Carrey was Pikachu. <laughs> Damn, there's a universe where that exists. That would be nuts. That would be crazy. That would be very, yeah. Well, Ryan Reynolds as Eggman. <laughs> I, <laughs> I saw Free Guy, and I thought Ryan Reynolds was pretty good in that. He kind of, he was kind of, he was doing his normal thing, but doing it in kind of a, it was like another layer to it because he was like a sentient video game character. But mm-hmm. I thought that, um, yeah, I, I, Ryan Reynolds is, you know, he, he knows what he's doing. I feel like there's something it, it, there. Yeah, it's so weird. I Ryan Reynolds to me is like so generic until you get him in the Deadpool suit that I don't really notice any other movie Mm. and that's not i mean it's not a bad thing i just know what he does well right yeah so yeah um a little background on illumination while we're while we're Uh, that funneled boy yeah, so um, in 1998, Chris Melodandri was put in charge of Blue Sky Studios, a small animation house that Fox had just acquired. And um, while he was in charge, he oversaw the production of Ice Age, Robots, Ice Age 2, and Horton Hears a Who, as well as several Oscar-nominated Scrat shorts. And um, he left Fox in 2007 to found Illumination in conjunction with Universal. They announced their intent to release one to two films each year beginning in 2010. They 
they adhere to a cost-cutting animation model like their their highest budget movie despicable me 3 was 80 million dollars and oh, it, you know yeah and it made like over a billion so they they, they have a very cost effective very cost effective considering i mean i wouldn't say i'm less impressed with that because i'm impressed on it on a very different level but like considering what sony spends on like animation rigs for hotel transylvania that is nothing because sony has a very different process of rigging their 3d uh animation because they they basically sculpt it from 2d drawings oh yeah yeah they uh it's it's insane how complex our rigs are and it also makes it so like interesting to watch which is why (laughs) i don't know why i'm admitting this on your podcast (laughs) that i've seen all of the hotel transylvania movies i know i know some people who are who are big fans of them i haven't seen them yet but um they're 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 fine as far as movies go. They're <laughs> yeah. fine. I just want to see the animation. I don't think I, I don't know if Pixar's ever made a movie for less than a hundred million dollars. And you know, for for Illumination, they you know, for Illuminations, their their biggest budget is 80 million. And they I mean they look good, like they don't look bad. They don't <laughs> look bad. I just the first Illumination movie I remember watching was Despicable Me, and then I was just like very and by then I was already like in my teens and then I was just like okay this is fine I mean I loved the character concept of Gru um I think he looks very striking as a protagonist antagonist and then I was just like oh these round little butt plugs right they're not even butt plugs they need a flared base yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't be a, a, a sufficient butt plug. No, it would not. Uh, oh, God. Why are we? Why did I say that? Uh, so Illumination has made 10 movies. Their average box office gross is $695 million. Wait, and what, ha- what else have they made? So three Despicable Me movies and Minions. Um, Sing, uh, the two Secret Life of Pets movies, Lorax, Grinch, and Hop. Damn. Okay. There you go. They did make the Lorax movie, didn't they? They did. With Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like you could splice a lot of that cast just directly onto the Mario movie, and it'd be like, this makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> me, uh, but would it have the, the same uh, energy, though? It wouldn't, but I just mean that, like... Uh, Would Bowser become a Tumblr sexy man? <laughs> Quite possibly. I hate that. Danny DeVito Mario. Uh, I guess Zac Efron Luigi. Taylor Swift as Princess Peach. Uh, Ed Helms as Bowser, I would, I suppose. Has Taylor uh, Swift in voice acting roles? Well, Taylor Swift was in the Lorax. She was, wasn't she? I did not realize that until just now yeah this was yeah she uh she was trying to do the movie thing for a little bit in like 20 in like the early 10s and then she she tried again in 2019 and And you know what (laughs) if it's just that one fine yeah if it's just cats then fine yeah that'd be great 
I would I would like to see Taylor Swift as like a as like a meatloaf sort of figure where she's in like a couple movies. Ah, <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, yes. That would that would be very good. Yeah. Also of Illuminations movies, in addition to making a lot of money, they're mostly mediocre. Mostly <laughs> mediocre, they're... but very strong voice actors in their roles. It's true. Well, yeah, we'll get we'll uh, we'll we'll get into the history there. But they um, their average Metacritic score is fifty five. Rotten Tomatoes. It's a similar story. They uh, yeah they they are um, not known for in the ballpark for, for, of eh. yeah they're in the they're in the the A zone. So it was announced in January of twenty eighteen that Miyamoto and Melodandri would be collaborating on an animated Mario movie. Melodandri said that the film was a priority for Illumination and that it would be released in 2022 with heavy involvement from Nintendo and Miyamoto. Should the film be a success, Nintendo and Illumination have confirmed their intent to produce animated films based on other Nintendo properties. And uh, by all accounts, the process has been very smooth so far. They said in 2018 that it would come out in 2022, and they're saying now in late 2021 that it's going to come out in 2022. So like, it seems like things have have been progressing very nicely for it. Yeah, and, like, I feel like that's been the case for a lot of movies. Like, I didn't realize that Venom was coming out uh, so early. Um, They kept moving it around. It was, at one point, they had, they, like, they, like, took took off the release date altogether, and then they were saying early next year, and then, like, a month ago, they were, like, October 1st. Yeah, yeah, and then I was just like, oh, shit i gotta rush to the theaters to see things again like green night and like shit like that i was so behind i was just like i'll wait for it to come out on like streaming platforms but like yeah remembering what it's like to be in a theater and like how much money it costs i'm just like wow pandemic did something to us i saw um what did I see yesterday? I saw uh, The Guilty, which is a Jake Gyllenhaal movie, a remake of a Danish movie from a couple of years ago. But mm-hmm. it's um, it all takes place in like a call center and it's mostly just him. He like answers 911 calls. And um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. He's we find out over the course of the movie that he's a cop. That, that he's a cop who's like going on trial tomorrow and he's been like de- <laughs> he's Ooh. been like demoted and he's you know he's he's having this interaction with this woman who he thinks has been kidnapped but there might be more to it than 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 there seems right away and he's like we've sort of finding get more out more about his story at the same time it's it's a very good Jake Gyllenhaal performance interesting I'll have to check it out I did see you sent out your Oscar nominations list and um I was sad to see uh uh pig swipe from quite a couple of your choosings yeah, it was a thing where like I liked Pig, but I just I saw Prisoners of the Ghost Land, and I was like, I I, I like this more. This is no, that's <laughs> this... that's that that that's very fair. I, I yeah. I'm I'm just hilariously enamored by the concept of John Wick, but it's about a pig and it has an cage in it. It's really good. <laughs> Don't where's my pig? <laughs> where's my pig? Where's this pig? Where's this pig man? He just wants the truffles. I've got to know. At the end, there might be more pig on there. We'll see if it... I I, I think that um, Pig is one of the movies that might 
end up being on more than it is now the same to be said for old because as time goes on I really do like old mm, mm. do you see it no uh that's the one with the beach right yeah uh yeah I mean M. Night Shyamalan movies man they're either hit or miss for me again sure, sure. um ever since the village really I'm just like I don't really want to be like stuck on my seat waiting for a twist that shit (laughs) uh and like again when uh, when artists uh tie themselves and marry themselves too closely to like a formula like the mystery box or whatever I think they aren't looking for ways that it can be new and subverted and I think it blinds them to mm. any other possible future and I get that Shyamalan was very much like riding off the success of um the sixth sense and so obviously you're going to try it again but I would think that after a couple tries where it doesn't work out that you would try something else and just when it doesn't work just I I don't know move on man I don't yeah. want to see the same thing over and over again yeah, we'll get into old because it's part of the um, summer movie thing. But um, the, so, like I said, Nintendo Direct on Friday and the cast was announced. Sure was. We'll go through it and then we'll kind of, uh, you know, we'll spare some thoughts to each one. I'll go, I'll go down and then we'll go back up. So mm-hmm. Chris Pratt is Mario. I, I, I think there's all that needs to be said there. Uh, Chris Pratt uh was definitely put in a new light uh after that uh whole thing with the homophobic church uh mm-hmm. um i go back to the gardens of the galaxy movies i'm just like man do i like star lord not really anymore he's incredibly irritating and i think that's the point but like mm-hmm. man uh that character has like done a complete 180 in my mind um but i don't know it's not that he plays the same characters to me it's just that that's such a leap from guardians to mario and i know he's done other movies he was in that jurassic park movie i don't know what else he's been in but uh he did Parks and Rec. Uh, sure, yeah. he can be funny, but like, I feel like he's less of a quippy guy and more just situational humor. Mm. Yeah, Very interesting. I I, Very I don't know how to feel about this one. It could be fantastic. It could be terrible. Either way, I don't really care. Mar- yeah it's a v- it's not mario <laughs> has never been about mario for me my favorite characters mm. ha- has always been luigi mm. which is well why. we will get into luigi very soon but yeah. uh yeah he, uh obviously we're gonna go back back up this list uh later but i think that chris pratt is um it's hard to tell what the angle is right away i don't i, yeah. I don't know like is he gonna be doing a mario voice is he gonna be doing any kind of accent or is he just going to be sounding like chris pratt is he going to be like 
of, of a funny Mario or a conventional hero Mario. Like what it, it, it's it's it would be a very different vibe, but it would be funny to hear a Brooklyn Italian Mario. A very kind of think vibe. I kind of think that might be what's happening. Is the thing <laughs> like, like I don't think that's right for Mario though. He's very much just italian not brook not like new york italian like it's Mm. i don't know why it's very different in my head but it's very different because maybe because one is like in american so it's like americanized but you know whatever yeah it's it's different i mean it's really i I think it really is you know based on stereotypes but they are you know very different sort of archetypes for 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 yeah for them um so charlie day is luigi uh charlie day as charlie day luigi i said i'm very happy with this one um and you know my reasoning uh mm. specifically because of his distinctive voice and luigi mm. sounds so different from mario that uh i really don't mind it um I think it's incredibly funny from what I've seen of people drawing Luigi in It's Always Sunny memes. Yeah. Um, very much not Luigi's personality, but you know what? I think it's so like out there that it might just work. Yeah, I feel like what Charlie and Luigi have in common is being like the guy who's freaking out all the time. <laughs> like... But I think that uh, it doesn't immediately there. There's definitely an immediate like, I don't know if I could see the Charlie Day and Luigi coming together in my mind, but I, I, I'm, I'm definitely with Charlie Day being in the movie. Yeah, it's 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 the freaking out part that I'm very much a fan of. Anya Taylor-Joy is Princess Peach. You know, again, I don't really have a problem with this. Uh, uh, she's very poised, especially in the picture. She's wearing that pink. I can see it. Um, it's just, again, a very odd choice. Uh, I, I, I think this, because I always think of Mario as a Japanese thing, so I'm like, this cast is very white. Um, well, Peach is white, but... Um, yeah, the, the, the characters are kind of it's complicated because, it, it, like, it's 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 very complicated but um you know i again this isn't one that i'm too like upset about again it's kind of like eh. like i very much love peach she's a very like powerful character but she's she also fits very much into the stereotypes of like oh i'm a princess and i need people to save me yeah I think Anya Taylor-Joy is a very good choice right off the bat. I think she has the voice for it. I think she could even be a live-action Peach uh, if, if that was happening. But I um, I do feel like she's a different type of, of actor for most of this cast. And yeah, it, like, <laughs> she's very much... I, I, I don't know if she's done voice roles before, but with her live-action parts, she seems very more of a drama actor than, like, you know, yeah. a kid's movie actor. Which is not to say she can't branch out, but this is an odd choice to branch out into because, it's a again, it's a very 
it's kind of a stiff role stiff role uh a movie with very charged history of production um Mm. it's a risk yeah i would i i think that um it's kind of similar to another illumination move which was casting benedict cumberbatch as the grinch just in that like picking like a weirdly like austere kind of actor to 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 be you know in 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 that cast yeah i mean with benedict cumberbatch it, it it kind of felt like he was doing his smound voice to the left a bit um it and, and it didn't it, it it wasn't bad i mean i heard like clips of him i didn't see the grinch movie um so i can't i can't really talk about it in any like constructively crit uh critic i can't constructively criticize it but um sure. yeah i i don't really have feelings about that one either yeah my feeling was that like it, it felt like, you know, a character, but it didn't feel like there was really an angle on the Grinch there. I actually thought that um, Tyler, the creator who was involved in the movie would have been a much more like interesting choice for the Grinch. That would have been a very good choice. Uh, I love Tyler, the creator. Uh, that yes. would have been great. Shall we? Yeah, let's let's move on. Jack Black is Bowser. I can't wait. Out of all of them, I think this was the one that everybody was just like, yes! Yeah. Yes! It's really Funnily good. Funnily enough, I would also love to see, like, an angry Danny DeVito as Bowser. Like, just piss him that off too. real bad. I just want to see Danny DeVito and Jack Black just yelling in a room, just super angry. I feel like Danny DeVito or or him or Jack Black could get high enough for Baby Bowser if they could. Just like, yeah! I love that. I love that. I think the the thing with Jack Black, I mean, he's you know we'll get into it, but I he um he, he's not traditional Bowser, but I immediately see it. You know, I immediately, like, like... <laughs> I immediately see it. I like I love Jack Black as an actor, and honestly, I wish he would do more movies nowadays. But like. You know, um, I loved him in School of Rock. That uh, was my yeah. favorite movie as a kid, or one of them. But um, yeah, it's like it's very much one of those choices that I'm like Jim Carrey esque. But like, I don't know. It feels like Jack Black has like every time I see him in a movie, and he knows what he does best, um, like comedic uh, stuff, and like. Whenever I see him, I feel like he hits it out of the park, but society isn't ready to see that. Yeah, it's it, it, it's a decision that feels like it could have been a direct response to Jim Carrey as Eggman, just being just being yeah. like, so we need a Jim Carrey, so someone who occupies a Jim Carrey kind of space to be to be our villain, and they they ended up with Jack Black. And it's interesting because when you see Bowser speaking English, it's off-putting a little. It, mm. I don't know if it humanizes him, but it makes it a little closer to home. It's a bit creepy. It's funny because I'm just hearing Poe from Kung Fu Panda, but it's just Bowser. <laughs> it's um, Bowser. I, I just, I, I know it probably won't be like that, but it, some part of it is going to at least sound like Jack Black in my mind. So I hope they have like good vocal distortion or trading. Yeah, again, a lot of these people have very distinct voices. Speaking of, uh, 
Keegan Michael Key is Toad, first of all. Oh, I was. Uh, uh, yeah, there's there's another one with, a, with a more distinctive one. voice that we'll get to real yeah, quick. But yeah. um, um, Key is Toad. Hey, I, I like that. Yeah. Again, I'm I'm not. I'm not, I don't have an opinion one way or another. I don't really know what other movies he's been in. Um, I mean, I I try to think of them and then I'm just like, was he in that Resident Evil movie where he got chopped into like chunks, but that was someone else? What I wonder is, I mean, we'll, we'll obviously circle back around to these. I wonder if he's going to do, once again, it's like, is he going to do a Toad voice? Is he just going to be like, Keegan, is it going to be like Toy Story 4 where he's just kind of doing Key and Peele bits in the background while, while everything else is going on? I uh, I don't know. What oh, right. I have seen him in Key and Peele. I completely mm. forgot he was the Key and Peele. Wow, I'm bad. <laughs> I'm bad. Um, You're good. Wow. Uh, yeah, Toad voice. That's a little, little fucked up. A little fucked up in Kafka-esque. <laughs> um it's pretty different yeah i i think it's just because i'm remembering our 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 friend doing a very good toad voice and now i just can't see anybody else (laughs) his voice is so untoad like that i can't imagine him (laughs) reaching that pitch again i i kind of feel like i'm i'm obsessed with this image but uh matthew lillard like screamed until his voice was hoarse uh for his audition for Shaggy. I'm wondering if just every actor does that or if that's just a Matthew Lillard thing. Um, I could see, I, I could see Key doing that. I think Key has a very, he's obviously a very dynamic uh, comedic performer. I could see him doing a good Toad voice, but I wonder if that's the angle or if he's, it's going to be, what if Toad was Keegan-Michael Key? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like a lot of these people have very distinct voices and I'm wondering because obviously it's a very different thing to voice act and like uh it happens sometimes when I'm watching anime like even um uh when I hear something dubbed I'm just like I can't tell these two men apart um it's you gotta be like distinct enough so it doesn't come off as generic and I'm just wondering um if all of these guys have the have the stuff for it I guess we'll see Speaking of distinctive voices. I think the people with distinctive voices will be okay. I'm just wondering about like, you know, Anya Taylor-Joy or like Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of distinctive voices, Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. (laughs) Monkey. It's pretty good. Monkey. (laughs) Monkey. 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 Uh monkey that's all i can hear <laughs> monkey uh, it's good <laughs> monkey uh <laughs> that's all there is to say just monkey uh <laughs> monkey um i i'm wondering if he's just gonna make noises into the thing that would be good <laughs> <laughs> he's the only one that doesn't speak english he just that. makes monkey noises I love that. Which would be hilarious. I mean, it's worked before. I mean, uh, Alan Tudyk as uh, the chicken in Moana. Um, right. It's with, with um. But again, you have to be really good at animal mo- noises to be, like you know, an animal. Yeah, it's an interesting. There's no way of doing Seth Rogen where it's not going to read as Seth Rogen. Yeah. But um. 
Donkey Kong doesn't have like a voice associated with him really. So like Yeah, and I feel like now this is just gonna associate Seth Rogan's laughter, which I love by the way. Um I think yeah. it's a very good laugh um with Donkey Kong. Um uh which may not necessarily be a bad thing. Uh I just think it was it would be funny if he just made monkey noises and that was it. Um yeah, but I could also see where it works that it's just Seth Rogen. Yeah, I, I could see, I could see there. It's a very good. like, again, his voice like. In my brain, I don't read monkey, but I when I see his name next to the Donkey Kong symbol, I'm just like, you know what? Yeah, sure, yeah, sure, I could see it. He was uh, Pumbaa in the Lion King remake, and he did oh. a pretty good job at that. Again. It, he was Seth Rogen, but, but See, like it was a character yeah, that's where the being thing. Seth Rogen voice in my head since I'm like a 90s kid is very much the voice actor for Pumbaa, and that's also a very distinct voice. Um, yeah, it's just <laughs> that voice where you're just like, oh, uh, oh, that's a character, and it's also Seth Rogen, and I don't know if that'll be a good thing or a bad thing. But I, I'm interested to see it, I think. Yeah. To uh, round out the announcements and then we'll go go our way back up to uh, go, go into it a little more. Kevin Michael Richardson is Kamek. Fred Armisen is Cranky Kong. And Sebastian Maniscalco is Spike. I, I'm only familiar with Fred Armisen from Portlandia. Yeah. So when it comes to uh, Sebastian Maniscalco as Spike, he is the only Italian in the announced cast, first of all. <laughs> Oof. And he didn't even get an, an Italian an Italian role. Well, it's complicated. <laughs> because my initial impression was that when they said Spike, they meant the little green guy who's in like the, you know, all the like Mario Party games and stuff mm-hmm. these days. Sebastian Maniscalco actually announced himself to be in the movie before Nintendo did. He was on a podcast like a month ago and he talked about it. And what he said was that was he allowed to do that? Uh, (laughs) You know, Nintendo's very tight about their stuff, but I guess Illumination kind of isn't. And, uh, you know, Illumination is just like, sure, go ahead. Yeah, what can you do? What can you do about a guy like that? But it turns out, according to that interview, he said he's not playing Spike. He's playing Foreman Spike, who is a character who's been used like three times in the entire Mario canon. In the in the in the game Wrecking Crew, he's Mario and Luigi's boss. Huh. I'm just trying to picture that, and I don't know if it's accurate. He's uh, he's got like a. He, he, he wears like a hard hat and he's got like a long nose and a big mustache and he's like uh, kind of an angry guy and uh yeah which is which is fine uh i just don't see that in the picture that they're putting on this website so that's not immediately what i assumed for his character <laughs> yeah. again i'm not really familiar with spike yeah so uh foreman spike is uh he specifically said that he was playing their boss. So what the the interesting thing about that, and we'll get into it as we go back through these, is that it seems to indicate that they are building a story of 
like what Mario and Luigi do and where they're from. And like, like, you know, there was an idea that I had had for a long time that this was going to be very tightly Nintendo controlled and have the same level of depth as the games do, which is to say, you know, a very pretty story kind of painted in broad strokes. But um, this does indicate that they are doing something kind of original with the lore and kind of building a background to it that they are bringing this character back. Yeah, and the implication of boss very much feels like they're delving into the capitalist themes. Which, of course, were also a big part of the of the other movie. Yeah, um, which is fine. I think that's great. Um, it's definitely a part of Mario's history, but um, I don't know if that's all they should go on Mm -hmm. because delving into it like obviously yes uh i love a good capitalist uh critique on capitalism who doesn't but sure again mario feels so broad to that yeah i uh i agree and it it indicates that maybe the movie is going to try to you know add some depth to the story but there's We'll, we'll get into it there's more to get through yeah and some of these characters like i i didn't know spike and i didn't know cranky kong was a thing and i i remember comic but like very vaguely and it's just like i'm just wondering who else is gonna show up because like yeah it already seems so broad are they not putting in diddy kong like before they bring in Cranky Kong, I think they should at least bring in Diddy Kong. We'll talk about it. I my my initial impression was that like, you know, it would mostly focus on the major characters. And as they announce this, I start to think that the people who were announced here are all going to be major characters. Like 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 they're all going to have significant roles in it, which is kind of interesting. Um, the thing with Cranky Kong. First of all, in terms of the casting of Fred Armisen, I don't necessarily see Fred Armisen as like as like an old man guy to get, you know, like 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 I think of you know the SNL people. I I can immediately hear Bill Hader's old man voice. I can immediately hear Andy Samberg's old man voice. I would love Bill Hader. I, I feel like even when Fred Armisen is playing old man he mostly just just does like a like a normal voice and i could i could kind of see that like matching up with cranky but it's you know the the defining character of cranky has been that he's like a cranky old guy <laughs> yeah you know who i would love to hear fred armison as waluigi i could see that there's i mean they're probably not bringing in wario or Waluigi. Maybe they are. Maybe. If these are the major characters, like I, I can see them. I mean, we've we've heard that Charles Martinet, who of course, who in addition to being Mario, is Wario and Waluigi. He is making some kind of cameo or a number of cameos in the movie, so mm. it's not impossible. I'm also I'm even more interested in the lore implications of Cranky even being there because first of all the the donkey kong country the extended donkey kong family characters are generally kept separate from mario like this is another thing that sort of implies that they're yeah doing something original with it and that's all i know about donkey kong either i know that like donkey kong it's its own thing and sometimes they overlap but not really uh yeah yeah Here's the interesting thing. I was thing. surprised he was in the movie at all. The I was surprised Donkey Kong was even yeah, I, I agree. The um the interesting thing about Cranky Kong is that 
in in the lore of the games, Cranky Kong is the Donkey Kong from the game Donkey Kong, and the current Donkey Kong is his son. Oh. <laughs> okay. So oh, the right. fact... so they take on the name Donkey Kong when they take up the role. So it's more like a title and less of a name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in a way. Son, it... you are now Donkey Kong. I am Cranky Kong. <laughs> One day you will have a name that is like very Snow White-esque of your personality <laughs> when you again pass on the title right. of Donkey Kong. First and is Diddy and Kong? And- so is Diddy Kong gonna take on the role of Donkey Kong when he grows up? I, I'm, I'm, I'm so confused so. by these implications here. What is a Diddy Kong and what is a Donkey Kong? <laughs> the follow-up to Donkey Kong was Donkey Kong Jr. And the idea is that the Donkey Kong Jr. from that game is this Donkey Kong. So I think maybe they were both Donkey Kong and Cranky was sort of a nickname that Cranky took on. <laughs> that the original Donkey Kong took on. I am so confused by these implications. Again, like how they're going to fit this into the wider story of Mario and just like kind of staying true to the broad strokes approach is wild. Because the the implication of having Craggy Kong there, it feels like they're saying that if they're following that lore that this game takes, that this movie takes place like well into Mario's lifetime like like not it's not an origin story it's you know Mario fought Cranky Kong 20 years ago and now this is what's going on you know it'd be an interesting position lights up a giant just like haven't Donkey Kong haven't heard that name in a long time yeah Mario (laughs) the Mario uh... you're you but I fought you like 40 years ago, man. Was this? Was this? <laughs> you? Again? Was this? Was this? The, the interesting thing about Kevin Michael Richardson as comic is that he is like a, a, an actual voice actor. Mm. And he's like the only the only person that they announced who who is a voice actor. And like he is you know i i think he's a I, I think he's a pretty good choice for comic he's just not the voice i typically associate with comic because he's like you know he's goro in mortal Kombat. he's uh he's he's uh gantu and lilo and stitch like he's he's known for having this very like imposing voice and so i don't know <laughs> yeah it feels too comics too much of a nerd he's the wizard guy yeah. right yeah he's the wizard guy um He's too much of a nerd to. But I, I could see comic being like a secondary villain, or if there is an isekai element to this, like comic could be sort of the portal to another world. That uh... yeah, and comic generally helps out Bowser. That's true. He's so he one. could be like an Iago character. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> or like I don't know the weird person that Bowser knocks on his door. He's just like, can you turn these people into? I I I, I don't know. I got not a lot of time bricks maybe (laughs) (laughs) whatever you got whatever you got we discussed uh seth rogan as donkey kong the you know again the implications that cranky and and donkey kong are there (laughs) (laughs) passing on the mantle if you will it's interesting i do wonder if like because i feel like 
I feel like if they had announced a Donkey Kong Country movie starring Seth Rogen, I would have been like, that's going to be good. Like, right out yeah. of the gate. <laughs> and I, I think it's a very weird approach that they're doing it within a Mario movie because, again, like, sure, I mostly associate Donkey Kong and Mario from their crossover games, which I played. I haven't actually played any Donkey Kong or Mario games on their own, but um, to me, it's so vitally, like, different have donkey kong without diddy kong mm. so i'm like where where where's my little guy where's my little guy where is he yeah we simply don't know could be there but so far it hasn't been hasn't i been i, I want him to i want to see him in a little cradle or something in the end credits in the post credits <laughs> i'd like to see like, a little bit mm. of that. if it, you know if this movie was successful and they said now we're doing a donkey kong movie i'd be like nice that would be nice. Uh, it would be cool if they kept Seth Rogen for that. Yeah. Um, again, everyone was so blown by the end credits uh, part of Sonic. People were just like, Tails? Yeah. Uh, it's because... Did he? There's another thing that was pointed out last week, but that like the entire story of that movie would not happen if Tails was there because the whole point of it is that Sonic like is really lonely and needs a friend and it's like yeah, if and had it Tails would, it would and just it be wouldn't nothing. have happened um by the way I just really have to say this I have come to hate the trend of pro- post-movie credits like sure I can wait like halfway through but like if you're gonna make me wait all the way through movie credits have become so long that it's practically a movie in itself yeah <laughs> just, just just I know Marvel popular as that but it, it needs to stop it needs to stop I get out of a movie I can wait like a quarter of the way through i got places i need to be i don't want to search it online yeah that's my feelings about movie credits yeah we've said pretty much everything that uh, i felt needed to be said about uh, keegan michael key uh jack black we obviously talked about so uh, excited quite a bit he's also doing uh claptrap in the borderlands movie borderlands movie yeah Hold on, I didn't <laughs> I didn't get that. <laughs> oh wow. That's a thing. Yeah. Directed by Eli Roth. That's right. Okay, that's a very good choice, but I thought Kate Blanchett as Lilith. Ooh. That's right. That's right. Ooh. Moxie, okay. Oh. Oh, 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 this is a very interesting cast. I'm sorry, we've it completely is. gone off topic. Uh, well, we can, we can give, uh, give who, a little who, to who's the... Who's uh, Handsome Jack? Do we know yet? Uh, I don't think we know yet. Uh, yeah, this is an interesting cast that kind of went under, went under the radar. I feel like Gina Gershon as, as Moxie is so weird. <laughs> like... Yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is very weird. I like the team of Kate Blanchett and Jamie Lee Curtis and Kevin Hart and Jack Black. That does that that does feel like it could be that, fun. That, that feels very good. Um, and obviously, um, since uh, we both saw in like uh, House of the Clock and its Walls, they uh, mm. uh, 
Kate Blanchett and uh, Jeff Black have a very good and interesting chemistry that is very good to see. It's not sexual. That's true. And that was also Eli Roth. It was? Yeah. House with a clock in its mouth? Yeah. That's very un-Roth-like. It's true. but but Maybe it's because I've been watching a lot of Roth's horror movies and I'm just like, man, you're fucked up. I, I I was watching Hostel the other day, and I was just like, "Man, this is fucked up and gross." Yeah, uh, but I, I feel like I feel like combining the House of the Clock and the Swallow stuff and the fucked up and gross stuff—that's a good energy for Borderlands. Oh, absolutely! Like I, I with Eli Roth, I can see Creed the Psycho being absolutely delightful to watch. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm scared. Again, I'm a bit scared uh borderlands seems so like i don't know wacky bizarre and out there that like i don't know if a movie is again really the best like media that it can it can take the form of but sure why not there's an element where it could be like the uh the cowboy bebop show that they're doing which i'm actually i think that looks great but i know the style it like it looks very good from the trailer yeah, I'm I'm excited for that, but I I haven't seen the show uh, itself, but like the stylized, it looks it looks really interesting. It looks really interesting. I love to see a John Cho winning. And... Oh yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I I but but people are talking about how there are there are things like there there are limits to live action that that are evident from that and you can see in just how like they can't quite get the fluidity of the original animation and i could see that problem coming in the in the borderlands movie too but uh yeah i'm interested yeah again animation is like such a good genre and like our society has kind of forgotten about what it can really do what a simple drawing can really do even with these complex rigs and all. Um, yeah, it just, it's like, I love to see the progress of like trying to adapt these movies, but like, again, sometimes things have a very specific purpose of being told in that very specific medium. And yes, trying to adapt it is admirable, but you know, it won't always work. Yeah. There's a reason why watching a Broadway show is very different from watching a movie and why those overlaps aren't always successful. That's right. The uh like 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 I said, he's in he's in Borderlands, he's in the next Psychonauts game. He's doing he's doing a lot okay. of this uh this this video game stuff right now. And he's um, you know, he's got kind of a goofier energy than what we typically associate but like Bowser's a goofy character but usually it's, oh, it's because he it's because he's so serious about it but I feel like it's an energy that I that I like to see and I don't uh, know I like I, I like to see Jack Black winning like I was talking about how early on I pictured this as being like com- really in line with the Mario world that's set out by the games I feel like I was starting to think about how like the Mario voice like that Martinet does is it's, it's very charming but it can't it can't really sustain itself for like a a, a movie you know mm-hmm. I, I I I think it makes sense to want to do like an original sort of take on 
on, on on the characters here and especially because the characters are painted in such broad strokes in, in in the games i don't feel like that can necessarily really be applied to a movie i i i tended to favor the notion of this being nintendo's vision because i don't necessarily I'll typically agree with illumination's vision but i actually do think that like a somewhat original angle is the way to go yeah it's just uh the idea of like them trusting illumination with this and obviously since uh net uh not netflix nintendo has been so protective over their property before i'm just i'm almost afraid to see them cancel the movie before it comes out um oh interesting uh depending on how the script writing goes if they even have a script yet i don't know um but uh and having announced it i just yeah i feel like i feel like nintendo since like we were talking about kingdom hearts before and they've definitely like wait kingdom hearts wasn't nintendo um (laughs) my bad uh but like uh i i really want to see how this movie actually turns out uh even if it costs nintendo their like movie reputation because i just want to see how this experiment plays out i don't think like always playing it safe is like like a good thing i think sometimes you need to fail in order to understand the character better and uh you know sometimes you fail some mario games have been shit yeah it's been a long time but (laughs) it's definitely you know there's that that's happened before yeah I, i would agree with that and i think that um Nintendo doesn't always make great games. Surprise, it's surprise. True. It's true. It's true. They make a lot of great games, but they, you know. A lot of great they, games. I find it's generally the case that the 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 brands when it comes to entertainment that are known for like, that, that are known for their success rate, and they're actually just like good at covering up their failures. I think that's the case with Nintendo. It's the case with Disney. It's the case with like, like, like anything that like has a very tightly controlled image. And then you get uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, Charlie Day, and um, uh, Chris Pratt. So the there's an immediate, like the immediate question. I feel like when it's when, a very when it's a very weird vibe, like as a trio, as a trio. And I don't know if Daisy is going to be in the movie, but like that's a very very weird vibe as a trio. It is. There's the. Um, I feel like the immediate question that comes from Chris Pratt is like, I mean, I think we might have talked about this, but is he going to do like a Mario voice? Is he going to do his voice? Is it like we were talking about the Italian American accent? Is he going to do that? Like, like, like there's, uh, it, it, I, you don't immediately see the angle. Yeah, I don't see the angle. And I'm also now thinking of it as a trio together. Because, mm. you know, often like when they are together, they're doing stuff together and like Chris Pratt in like buddy movies has always felt a bit like so dominating that I don't know if like Peach or Luigi is really going to show through because I know for the people who like Luigi, Luigi's Mansion is a great game and like Luigi is incredibly underappreciated. Thinking, thinking of them as three together again, it's a very, it's a very weird vibe. It is, yeah. I uh, it would be 
it would be interesting to see how that would play out. I think, I think there are a couple of factors that play into the 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 decision of having Chris Pratt be Mario. First of all, Chris Pratt is is like very big in Japan. From what I understand, he um he uh that like 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 all the video like all the video game movies they've been trying to get him in for like a long time uh sony wanted him for uncharted he was considered for both roles in in sonic he was considered for sonic and for the for the human character so (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad they i'm glad they went with james marston i don't think i would have liked the sonic movie if it was chris pratt they were like really trying, like like they made a poster of uh, of an official poster of the Sonic movie with Chris Pratt in it. They uh, maybe if Chris Pratt went more like Andy style, but he hasn't done that sure. in a long time, and I feel like he like almost doesn't want to do that again. Yeah, I I think that um there were a lot of there's there's a list of all the people they considered for for Sonic and for Tom or whatever the guy's name is, but they like I, I think Tom. <laughs> some guy i don't know james marston just was such a good choice that i can't see anybody else i i agree and like i said i think that they were wise to not pick the biggest names and instead pick like a charismatic guy and someone who does a good sonic voice and just let let sonic be the star because that's the thing yeah and again james marston is kind of like jack black whenever i see him and even if it's not the most uh like it, even if it's like a supporting and he's not uh, that big of a star, he always knocks it out of the park. Yeah, but that, that, that's the thing is that the, I think I feel like there's this fundamental flaw in the concept where they're like, obviously Chris Pratt is a big name and he's someone who you can put on like, you know, posters and trailers and it's like, oh, Chris Pratt. But the, the biggest name you can have in your movie is Super Mario, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Like Mario yeah. is, certainly Mario is a bigger star than Chris Pratt and Mario is Charles Martinet. Like, like, like his portrayal of Mario is what Mario is. So I, I feel like, like I said, I do think it's right to do something original with the character, but I just think that trying to get the most bankable guy to be Mario is sort of misunderstanding the appeal of a Mario movie. <laughs> yeah, and I would like to see how Miyamoto like realizes that, I guess. The uh, there was a good tweet that was like um, that that was like Miyamoto watching Guardians of the Galaxy and he's like Mario <laughs> Mario I uh, God I need to find the one tweet that my brother sent me because oh boy uh, hold on Chris Pratt is the only actor who could properly dispraise Mario's well-known love of Ronald Reagan the four most terrifying <laughs> words in the English me. In the English language, are it's a me, the government. <laughs> oh, that was worth it. <laughs> it's a me, the government. Ah, <laughs> uh, that was that's a good tweet. It's really good. So I think this also ties into the like controversial legacy of celebrity voice acting in animated movies. Um, mm-hmm. It was a it was a thing where like the 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 example that like starts the explosion of it is Robin Williams as a genie in Aladdin, and he only agreed to do that on the condition that Disney wouldn't use his character in advertisements for like Burger King and shit. And then Disney just didn't do that, <laughs> and yeah. so yeah. that sort of set Disney on pace to um, 
Also, this is the funniest image. It's just his headshot with the words Mario on it, but it's a very serious headshot of him. It's, it's black the funniest. And white. It, it, it's it's the funniest it's such, headshot they could have picked. So for. <laughs> funny. It's hilarious. This is I. I will never be able to say anything more funny than this. Yeah. And that pains me as a funny person. Yeah. There was a pre-existing, like, like there was a certain prior history of celebrities appearing in animated movies. You've got Bob Newhart and Ava Gabor and The Rescuers, uh, Burt Reynolds and All Dogs Go to Heaven. God, I love The Rescuers. Robin Williams was in Fern Gully the same year. It, it's, um... He was? Yeah. Who was he? He was uh, the bat. Oh, okay. He wasn't Chernobog. Yeah, but there's a, um, the, the history of that is really of, like, of, of like comedic voices playing original characters who are recognizable because like that comedy personas are recognizable. And I think that we'll, we'll get into it, but I think that's the case with a lot of the casting choices here. But um, the the celebrity thing, it really reaches a new level with The Lion King where the entire cast is like Matthew Broderick, James Earl Jones, Jeremy Irons, Whoopi Goldberg, like, like top to bottom. And then the next year there's Toy Story, which Jeffrey Katzenberg, was in charge of Disney, kind of spearheaded, kind of was responsible for the Aladdin thing and kind of spearheaded this idea. And then he was also responsible for casting Toy Story. So he like w- was very much the, the the driving force behind this, you know, celebrity casting and, and animated movies thing. And then Hunchbacks mm-hmm. the next year, Hercules the after that. And then Jeffrey Katzenberg <laughs> starts his own studio, DreamWorks. And uh, <laughs> their, their first we're movie. off to the races, man. <laughs> Then we're off to the races. Their first movie is Ants, stars <laughs> Woody Allen, Sharon Stone, Sylvester Stallone, Gene Hackman, Jennifer Lopez, Christopher Woody Walken, Danny Glover, and Bancroft, God. Dan Aykroyd, and Jane Curtin. <laughs> what a bad movie. I like Ants. You do? Yeah, I um I haven't seen it in a long time, but I I always I did I always didn't like a bug's life and thought that Ants was better. That was just my my like take. Oh, on I it. was always the way the other way around. I see. But yeah, basically, uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg kind of single-handedly undermined the entire field of voice acting. <laughs> you know what? It could be like that sometimes. You know, we you were talking about it earlier. I might have seen Fer- Fern Gully in like fifth grade, and I th- th- thought I had completely fever dreamed it, did not remember <laughs> it, did not know anything about it. I hadn't seen it for years and all of a sudden I see it on like a random listing and I'm just like what movie is that? That's a movie? <laughs> I saw that in like fifth it's grade real. and I thought it was a fever dream. <laughs> huh? I was trying to find I, I had a vivid memory as I was writing this of the um the this hunchback of notre dame trailer that would play on like on like vhs tapes where it'd be like it would be like the home video version i just remembered having this really like eerie vibe that that was really interesting and i couldn't really find it when i looked it up but uh that you know it was it was a memory that came back to me what i was gonna say is that um i don't think a lot of the casting choices here are akin to 
putting Sylvester Stallone and ants there. They're, you know, they sort of fall into the tradition of like having big comedy actors do like bit parts in animated movies, which is where the Robin Williams right. and Lamb thing came from to begin with. And, you know, Keegan-Michael Key, Fred Armisen, Charlie Day, Seth Rogen, these are the kinds of people who you'd Black. find, yeah, you'd find these people in an animated movie at any point in history, not necessarily all at once, but like, it, it doesn't feel like they're banking on names the way that like Anya Taylor-Joy and Chris Pratt did. <laughs> yeah, and like, again, it's going to be a very weird energy for them to be together. Yeah. Very weird energy because usually it's the reliant of, on one, like, n- like, I mean, now you might know the voice actor for Aladdin and Jasmine, but Genie was the big name. Yeah, there's there's also like, I mean, I talked about this, how like Mario is the star and that's, that's, that's what Sonic I think got right. But it's like, you know, here's the SpongeBob movie and Matt Damon is SpongeBob, you know? <laughs> but I, I think the other thing in terms of the reason behind Chris Pratt is that there's a very limited variety of like quote unquote bankable names in Hollywood today because they, you know, they've become, as they become more reliant on IP, they've sort of developed this idea that like that for the most part you can't sell an original movie because an A-list actor is in it like you know um Chris Hemsworth did Black Hat which was famously unsuccessful and I mean I mean Oscar Isaac recently did the card counter which is like today an an art house movie but at most points in history would have been like a little a little bit bigger it's um there, there's like a scant few actors who are considered in like the Hollywood in in Hollywood circles to be like like they can sell a movie just by being in it. It's like Dwayne Johnson, right. uh, Samuel L. Jackson, Will Smith, Mark Wahlberg, and Chris Pratt is one of them. And they're like trying to get Tom Holland in there, but it's not really working. <laughs> not really working. Yeah, I think he needs to be a bit older. But they, uh, but there's you know a, a lot of these like action guys that 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 they sell, they have to like. They, they'd have to fit a very narrow type <laughs> for these guys in movies, you know? Right, and, and I, um, yeah, and it's like, well, is Chris Pratt really one of those people? I, I guess so. he I is. Mean, I guess he is. I just, his earlier iteration of himself, like, as Andy, just seems so off-ball from that, but immediately as he steps into Hollywood, as he steps into Marvel, kind of reforms him into this guy who does that. Yeah, and I I think there's I think the attempt here is that Chris Pratt is some kind of middle ground between like the the action star guy and the like comedy guy who has a who has a character that people know. And which is weird because I've seen iterations of that where it works a lot better. Like even at, even the other Marvel guys, like Chris Evans was hilarious in Knives Out, and so was like. Even within a Marvel movie, well, a Marvel movie with very specific circumstances, Chris Hemsworth um, within Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, it just feels weird. I'm, I'm talking more about like people who who have a character that's like associated with them, not 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 a, not a name, but like and you know a type that that they're yeah. playing and I feel like Chris Pratt sort of has that even but I would say that like I mean Ryan Reynolds obviously has like like, like in Detective Pikachu I feel like that worked a lot better because like 
Ryan Reynolds's big action movie was also a comedy, <laughs> you know, like he, yeah, he's the, he, he never he, like he never like moved away from the comedy to do to do the action thing. Yeah, he did he he did both, and that's why I only see him as the funny haha guy who also can land a punch. So what we've what I've just gone through were my initial impressions about this casting but I've gained some new information since then that sort of makes it make a lot more sense to me Mm -hmm. this this really slipped under the radar uh you know they announced it like a month ago and did you know didn't make any headlines that this movie will this Mario movie will be directed by Aaron Horvath and Michael Jelinek who are the duo best known for creating Teen Titans Go oh and like The, the show or the movie of it both (laughs) oh okay um don't know how to feel about that yeah like the casting there's like an immediate what the fuck reaction but I feel my first of all I feel like it's a relief in that I would rather rather than like one of the standard illumination guys I would I would I would would much prefer to have the Teen Titans yeah no that seems better but like when I hear about the Teen Titans guy uh Teen Team Titans Go guys, I remember laughing with my friends about how ugly the art style was and how much I prefer the old Teen Titans. Mm. I, I guess I, <laughs> I, I, yeah, again, I'm just an older kid who is nostalgic for the original shit. I just think that like when when I read this as the Illumination Mario movie, I didn't really see what that was going to be. And when I read this as a Mario movie from the guys who did Teen Titans Go, you know... It reads a little different. They do. They have this energy where they, they're they fun and they're irreverent and they, like, make fun of themselves and they're, they're you know, family-friendly too. And it has, like, an energy and a sensibility to it that I feel like is kind of an astute choice for when you're doing a Mario movie, <laughs> you know, like astute choice for Illumination too. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's because um, a lot of Illumination's humor again doesn't really hit me these days. Yeah, and and I think that you know they obviously have a strong sense of humor, and they uh, I, I think it's a good idea to be like kind of playing loose with the with like the the canon and the IP and the, the whole thing, just being like, oh, we're Mario, we're having fun. And so when you when you read, I would like, want to see a meta Mario movie. I hope they have some meta jokes in there. Yeah, and when you think about like the the weird like side characters that are showing up already, that sort of feels like that's the direction they're going in. Mm-hmm. And just like, I, you know, I just feel like even on the level of like Chris Pratt as Mario makes you feel like you're going insane. Chris Pratt as Mario. I really want to hear him say, Mamma Mia, that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> Chris Pratt as Mario in a movie from the Teen Titans Go guys. It starts to make sense. I feel it like. starts to make sense. And then I think back to Miyamoto and his like tight grasp over these characters. I'm just like, is this going to fly? I don't know. I hope I it we'll does. See. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Xander, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Pulp Friction. Thank we, you for having me. We, we, you know, we, we got through all the stuff. We, uh, we talked about Mario for a long time. Um, and thank you to everyone who listened. And uh, yeah, see you next week. Bye.
disagree, Gary. I disagree, Gary.